Alright, so, welcome to the PGP episode 2. And, well, um, first things first, the first episode went great, and I'm glad so many of you enjoyed it, and I'm hella surprised at how many people listened all the way through. Brief announcement about the future of this podcast. I have no clue what I'm doing at all. Like, I have a rough idea, but, you know, zilch otherwise, basically. Which is a bit ironic, given that the topic of this episode is about basically how to do things right essentially uh, everything in life is always trial and error and that's how we as humans operate right that's how machines learn great video by cgp gray it's called how machines learn on youtube if you want to become intelligent in 10 minutes that's the way anyways i wanted to see how this podcast app will uh, behave what you can do how my voice will sound how how long should the episodes be etc etc right judging by the feedback the episode was i to say the least with the only criticism being that at some points i spoke too quickly which I'll try to adjust, but also, quick point, if I'm speaking too quickly, uh, you can probably decrease the speed uh, of the playback on, I think, pretty much every app, so on Spotify and on the podcast app. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll, I'll still try to obviously speak slower and stuff. But um, also, uh, video is coming soon, so don't stress, but for now it's just going to be audio. And uh, However, I will greatly appreciate what people think would be the best format when only one person is talking. Because I'm planning to have interviews uh, and then I'll have like a sort of video format like Joe Rogan with two cameras. But whenever it's only one person, obviously I kind of need its own format, but I don't really know what to do because I feel like one person will be a bit dead with video. But anyways, um, I'd like to get a few things out of the way as well before we go in. Uh, this is going to be considered the first official episode of the podcast, as the Notre Dame was more of a rant than anything. Also, as you may have noticed, uh, the podcast is called The PGP, which stands for The Postgraduate Podcast, right? Postgraduate, because, like, supposedly I'm that hench, like, I don't have to, like, it's as if I already graduated, innit? Uh, of course, some of you may have noticed it also stands for Pretty Good Privacy, which is an encryption program. As well as encrypt, it decrypts, and essentially, the name of the podcast is meant to be a pun, because this podcast's aim is to give out keys which will decrypt the rules of life, and also, these keys will open doors for you. Maybe not in real life, but definitely in your mind. So, yeah, pun city, population you might. That may sound quite arrogant, of course, or self-righteous or whatnot. And you may find yourself asking, why should I listen to this you? He doesn't have any qualifications to be talking about this stuff, right? Well... You don't have to listen to me, you definitely don't have to adopt anything I speak of, however, I'll always provide down-to-earth examples of everything I mean for you to see exactly how I came to the conclusions I did, and also, I indeed do not have any qualifications, but alas, that's a topic for another episode, right, if you if you care enough, and I notice there's nearly always a hidden agenda in these sorts of things, and uh, I have a few reasons for doing the podcast, can't be asked to explain them, so once again, if you want, shout at me, I'll make a short episode, but essentially, my philosophy about this is is for networking, pretty much. So yeah, now on to the bulk of the episode, one of my top keys to life, fragmentation, right? Breaking things down into smaller segments. What I mean by this is if you have any sort of goal or objective that you are too lazy to start working towards, break down the path you need to take to reach it as it will make it so much easier for you. Because by breaking down the path you take into smaller segments, you allow yourself to find the individual problems and thus solutions to each individual obstacle rather than trying to think of a grand solution for everything at once. Alright, we'll start small with small objectives. For example, you need to get up when your alarm goes off, break down that process into a step-by-step plan, right? The proof that this works is everywhere, literally from like year 7 maths to evolution, right? Everything happens step-by-step. However, despite this concept showing itself to us daily, We as humans nearly always fail to capitalize on it whenever we have an obstacle in front of our goal. 
This obstacle is just something that's in between the you now and the you with your achieved goal sometime in the future. And there could be a few of them. For example, if you need to get up in the morning and not fall back asleep when your alarm goes off, the obstacles you're facing is the actual getting up part, then the issue of feeling cold, and then the issue of feeling hungry. Collectively, these make the thought of getting up in the morning very ugly. So break it down, right? Instead of having the mentality of in 20 minutes, I need to be ready, split it up into many secondary objectives, which are much easier to achieve as you tackle them one by one. First, I need to open my eyes. Then I need to stretch, then I need to sit up, then I need to spin my legs off the bed. But now the second problem comes in, you'll be cold. Naturally, that's when we give up, right? Because we don't think of it as two separate problems. We think of the act of getting up as a combination of these issues. You know, even if I do get up, I'll be cold and so on and so on. The thought is even dimmer when you bring in the fact that you'll probably be hungry. However, as you split up these issues, the solutions become clearer, right? So you'll be cold. Well, in the evening, leave a t-shirt or a nightgown or satin on your bedside table that you can grab for warmth when you wake up. If you know you'll be hungry, buy a breakfast bar and keep it on the side as well. You see, that, that sounds so much nicer already than I need to get up, right? Every single secondary objective you achieve is getting you incrementally closer to your goal, right? And even 0.2% progress is infinitely greater than 0%. So just to reiterate, instead of having a big jumbled mess in your subconscious as it's trying to find resolutions to 436 different issues at once, you allow your brain to see those different issues clearly and you'll be able to tackle them one by one, right? Writing your objectives down on paper will help you figure out the issues and plan accordingly, but you can obviously just do it in your head. So why don't we do this all the time, right? This could be because we pass the responsibility for achieving our goals onto someone else instead of holding ourselves accountable due to the need to pity ourselves or because we're lazy and unproductive, right? But in the end, the result is the same. We retreat into what we find comfortable, for example, another five more minutes in bed. I like to step away from these smaller goals, uh, like getting out of bed or finishing the essay and whatnot, and talk about more serious objectives, like developing skills. Things that typically a human may fear doing or think that it's way too much of a hassle, like pursuing a hobby. In cases like this, the point is still exactly the same. The best thing to do is to look at all the different issues you're faced with and tackle them individually. For example, Tom wants to join the basketball team, but Tom sees that their practice is at 6pm on Tuesdays, and Tuesdays is when Tom has uni from 9 to 4, right? And then he needs to spend an hour walking home, so he needs to obviously shower at home, maybe eat, so he probably won't make it on time to basketball anyway. Also, Tom is quite shy and doesn't really want to join an already established team, right? So Tom doesn't join the basketball team and instead buys a 20 bag. But you see, the issue here isn't that the practice is at 6pm. The issues here are that Tom is too tired by 6pm and also that he might be late to practice and also that he's shy. What happened is Tom just passed the responsibility of achieving his goal into the hands of the basketball team coach who sets the time that the practice starts at and onto the basketball team itself for you know, welcoming him with open arms, right? Now, the reason Tom may have done that is probably to pity himself, which is why he bought the 20 bag. However, if he sees that it's his responsibility to fix those issues, he will start to realize that there are three problems here. Fatigue, slowness, and shyness, right? To fix the fatigue, he may need to find a way to fix his sleeping pattern and get an early night so he's well rested. This means he may need to force himself to get up at 7am the day before so he's tired enough the next day to get his early night. And I already said how to, you know, wake up in the morning. He also may need to look at what his diet is, as by eating properly, he will have more energy throughout the day. This may also allow him to be more confident as he has energy and isn't that bad at basketball. To come home from uni quicker, he may need to look at investing into a skateboard or a bike. And these things cost a lot, which is a new problem. And another problem is that he can't ride them either, for example. 
Well, they cost a lot relatively, right? A used bike off Facebook Marketplace will cost like £20, and Tom can definitely afford that. And Tom definitely has a couple hours on the weekend to learn how to ride a bike or a skateboard, right? Tom has YouTube, and YouTube has tutorials on everything, such as how to ride a bike and how to be less shy. See, what I'm getting at is everything on this planet can be solved. Everything is achievable, right? Instead, Tom buys a 20 bag because he feels upset that he can't make it onto the basketball team, so he wants to feel a bit better. Do, do, do you see what I'm getting at here? I've learned that humans don't like change, right? We would rather live a content yet nihilistic life than take opportunities to try and achieve more. One of the main causes of that is the fact that we're myopic, which means short-sighted. We will surrender our much greater long-term benefits for short-term comfort, just like Tom, right? And the proof that we are myopic is in the act of procrastination, which we all commit, right? Where could you be in five years if you surrendered the comfort of procrastinating because something is too much effort? Five years is a long time. Remember yourself five years ago and how far away that is. If you started, let's say, DJing back then, you could be working with Chase and Status by now, stacking easy bags. But you're not. Let's say you started trading. You'd be sitting on comfortable five figures by the age of 19. But you're not. And what if your goal is even bigger than that, right? What if you want to become an, an astronaut? What if you want to become a multimillionaire? The key here is to see your goal as if it's already on step 1000 and acknowledge that you're on step 0. And you know how to get to step 1000 when you're on step 999. We naturally see, for example, Elon Musk and think, damn, I'm never going to be like him. You're right, you're not. None of us are, because Elon Musk is man's, man's on his own level, yeah? However, you could become a multi-millionaire business magnate just like Elon Musk, right? But that seems impossible. Of course, but it's because you're thinking of going from step zero to step 1000, right? And it's impossible to walk 1000 steps at once because you have a thousand problems to tackle at once. However, walking from step zero to step one is not that far-fetched and uncomfortable. And the first few steps for a lot of business magnates, for example, was learning, right? Reading and research about what you're stepping into. That's so easy considering we have literally 99% of all information in the world at our fingertips on our phones or laptops or whatever. If you download the news app, right, and then check the news daily, you're already on step two. Step three would be going and buying a book that one of these successful people wrote. Finishing the book will give you steps four to ten. And when you're on step ten, you'll find more doors opening to allow you to go further and further. And another big key that I've learned about this is don't compare yourself to the people that are already at the top. And you probably heard that phrase as well, but it doesn't work, right? It didn't work for me. It, does, it probably doesn't work for you. Why? Because they don't tell you who you should compare yourself to. Jordan Peterson explains that you do not know everything about their lives, right? You don't know anything about Elon Musk, for example. So how can you effectively compare yourself to him? And that brings about another question. So who should I compare myself to? The only person you know. You, one day ago. You know exactly what you were one day ago and exactly what you did. And your aim should be to make today even slightly better than yesterday. Even if you spend only two minutes making today more productive or better in any way than yesterday, that's already a step forward and a massive one. Because all you need to do is make incremental changes and eventually they will pile up. Tomorrow, be two minutes and 39 seconds more productive. The next day, push yourself to four minutes and 10 seconds. You will get so efficient so quickly as it all piles up, right? If you've ever heard of the Pareto distribution, it fits into here. Watch, uh, watch Jordan Peterson on it though, because I can't really explain it well enough. But for those who can't be bothered, long story short, the more you do, the more you get exponentially. So as you start to take more opportunities, even more opportunities will open for you to take, which will lead to even more opportunities and so on, right? But at this point, it might be getting a little confusing, so I'd like to clear things up. 
I'm not telling you to stop procrastinating. That never works. What I am telling you, however, is to make your goals more achievable in your head. The way to do that is by fragmenting them into much easier to achieve objectives as that will make you so much less inclined to procrastinate. Essentially, we're fixing the issues at its core. Break your objectives down from the unrealistic to the optimistic to the realistic to the unbelievably pathetic attempt at a goal, such as only writing the title for the essay and saying, yep, that's enough work for today. I know for a fact that at least half of the people listening would have done that at least once. I do it personally for every essay. And the key here is that that's exactly what I'm telling you to do. If you have an essay, don't think of it as, oh, I have 3,000 words to do. Think of it as, all right, cool, today I'll write the title, I'll read the slides for the first two lectures, and I'll write the introduction, 200 words max. That's so simple. Would literally take you like an hour and a half at most, right? But the key here is psychologically, you're so much more inclined to do the latter task because it's easier. This makes you so much less inclined to procrastinate. For the former task, however, writing a 3,000 word essay, even if you know you will stop before writing the full 3,000 words, the idea in your head, in your subconscious, is 3,000 word essay, which will automatically make you so much less motivated to even start it, right? And this works with everything from essays to developing new skills to finding your way to your life goal. But anyways, uh, main keys for the episode are now done. Uh, you can click off if you want, you know. Um, but now I'll just tell you a little story to explain how I came to the conclusion that breaking down your objectives is one of the biggest keys a human can have, right? So once again, you can click off the main bulk of the episodes done. This is just like story time, if you like. So the place where the apple fell on my head, right, was in Poland last summer, at Angleville, a volunteering program where you spend a week teaching uh, teens English by speaking to them, right? Uh, I suggest everyone try it out. You literally do no work, but speak to kids and make them practice English for four hours a day on like a one-to-one or one-to-two basis. And it's all paid for, except travel, right? Also, you play games and do other general summer camp type stuff, right? At the start, we got given uh, these orange notebooks and a pen. where They told us you could write down notes and stuff, but it was completely unnecessary. And none of the other volunteers, uh, about 20 of them, I think, uh, used that notebook either. On the first day, however, I, along with nearly all the other volunteers noticed that we very, very quickly ran out of things to say because the only things most of the kids knew was I play football with my friends in the park on the weekend, right? Plus minus different private school educational levels. These these kids were rich, fam. Anyways, it's very difficult to converse for a whole hour about absolutely nothing, right? So on the first evening, I was sitting down by like this lake on this uh, cozy bench, a short walk from the hotel, and I uh, was just feeling all philosophical, you know, the sky was clear, just bare stars and stuff, and obviously because it's in Poland, um, there's a lot less like pollution, because I'm not in London, and all of a sudden it hit me, right, I should just plan out what I can talk with the kids about in this notebook that I carry with me anyways for no apparent reason. So I thought to myself, what topics would they actually know? So I spent like an hour there, jotting down the main themes they would have learned, such as school, family, hobbies, and planned some open-ended questions. Then I realised, what if they're too shy? Well, I decided to bribe them with sweets, as the shy ones were usually the youngest ones and they love sweets. Then I remembered there's a group of 15-year-old lads who were too who were too cool for school, so bribing them wouldn't work. So I decided I'll just play cards with them, and not even bother trying to converse, which worked beautifully. They decided to talk to me simply because I didn't force them. But anyways, I noticed that the notebook looked a bit bland on that first evening and also it was orange and who likes orange. So I also wanted to somehow distinguish it from the notebooks that other mentors had. Um, 
So if I was to misplace it, the people would know it's mine, bring it back to me. I thought about giving it a little logo. Then I remember DJ Khalid always going on about keys, right? And coincidentally, I had the room key in my pocket, which looked like the most key looking key I've ever had. I drew the outline in the center at a slight angle and it looked peng. And that's when the word keys entered my lexicon. By the end of the second day, I tweaked a little bit and realized it's virtually foolproof. There was never a minute of awkward silence where I couldn't uh, ask the child anything or where the child felt uncomfortable because they didn't know how to answer something that I asked. Now, I had too much to talk about. By the end of the week, the kids were eager to get me as their mentor for the hourly time slot thing because the word on my notebook got around and everyone genuinely rated the fact that I went out of my way to make these lessons more enjoyable and actually helpful. And the lads just wanted to play cards, but still, whilst playing cards, they chatted, and they chatted a lot. I spoke to a few of the mentors, and um, one of them was like a mid-twenties rehab worker who worked with mentally deranged criminals as a psychiatrist of sort. And uh, she said that one of the biggest keys she's been taught there is to tell patients to break their problems down and find solutions. To me, that just sounded like my greatest philosophical conclusion to that day has just been confirmed. I, I've been preaching this concept ever since then, and if you know me, you most definitely heard me say it. So yeah, uh, that's the first and one of the biggest keys I could give you. Last words, um, listen to Jordan Peterson if you actually care uh, message me i'll send you the links like his videos are amazing because he's the reason i started this podcast right he's his motivational videos aren't motivational because he says wake up at six and you'll have a good life right like all those ted talk videos yeah he is his his knowledge is grounded in psychology like clinical psychology and just just watch some of his videos they're amazing right i purchased this book 12 rules to life and i've begun reading it so these podcast episodes will get a lot a lot better hopefully so yeah uh hopefully you enjoyed and you know and this time say something like gang things only or something like that if you reach this far uh safe